find myself in a place like that. Just a few weeks ago, we spent a week at the lake as a family, a beautiful cabin, and uh, we are in a place where we have a healthy, growing family, and we spent time there together. The picture that you see on the screen was taken off the deck of our cabin. I mean, who wouldn't want to be at a place like that for, uh, for a week or maybe much longer? Um, Last summer, or last winter, Pearl and I got to spend three weeks uh, working at stroking something off of our bucket list. Uh, we, uh, you, have graciously listened to us tell all about our trip to Africa and the incredible experiences that we had when we were out there, particularly the five-day African safari that we were able to do together with Rick and Karen and, and all the excitement uh, of that. It was a fantastic experience. And then heading to uh, Uganda to visit my niece for a little bit, and you listened to, to us share about that. Uh, we just sent our youngest son off to YWAM uh, to experience his YWAM thing in Pittsburgh and uh, talked to him for a little while last night, and he's excited about what God is teaching him already, and he's just barely gotten into it. Um, last Sunday, you're, um, during the sharing time here, then, then our daughter Carrie shared that she has just graduated as a teacher and she's embarking on this overwhelming and yet amazing experience as a, as a new full-time teacher. Um, we're anticipating another grandchild. Some of you know that. Um, last night, we as a family spent time together eating pizza and playing games. And it, There's so much good. So much good. Life is so fantastic. And many of you can identify in your own ways. There's, there's so many different things. Uh, farmers, you've just finished or maybe are kind of getting close to finishing a, a pretty good harvest. And then as the harvest kind of nears the end, we get this, this rain that we've had the last couple of days and, and it makes everything messy. And yeah, I feel sorry for you. You're going to have to wash your cars after today and everything else. But, but uh, what an amazing rain and, and God sends it and, and it's good, and some of you are pumped because you won a second volleyball tournament in a row this last weekend, and, and that's fantastic. And, and some of you are moving to new places or have moved, and some of you are starting new jobs, and, and some, like we just heard, are engaged or planning to be married. And, and so there's all kinds of exciting stuff uh, connected with that. And, uh, and so life is, life is so amazing. Last Sunday, we had a celebration here where six uh, families that were involved in a parent-child dedication, and, and you watch that, and you think about that, and, and, uh, and there's life, and it's amazing, and it's encouraging, and, and life is good, and we talked about some of the new things that we want to try as a church, and, and it's good. Uh, and then in the middle of all that, uh, in the middle of all that good, um, there are a lot of reminders about real-life realities, and, uh, and a lot of those real-life realities don't feel good. Uh, they're sobering. Uh, they're tough. They feel dark. They feel heavy. They feel oppressive. Uh, and we fight against cancer. And we fight against Parkinson's. And we, and we fight against depression or, or anxiety. And, and um, we had some good reminders about how to deal with some of that this morning in Sunday school. By the way, I want to invite all adults... Um, Sunday mornings during Sunday school for the next four weeks, uh, we'll continue to meet right here, and we're going to talk about some of the giants uh, that that God is, has won the victory over, and and is leading us towards experiencing all the fullness of that of that victory. So, but today it was a little bit about the giant of fear, um, or maybe you're at a place where you're you're trying to learn how to live without a spouse. 
or, or maybe without a parent or without a child, or you're fighting against the process of aging and some mobility issues, and, uh, or you're fighting against some struggling relationships and, and trying to figure out how to, how to deal with that, or you're dealing with family addictions or your own addictions or financial struggles or uh, all kinds of stuff that are, that are so real uh, here, here in life. I received an email a while back that ended with these words. Uh, come, Lord Jesus, come. Um, and all I could say when I read that was, uh, Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Bring what you promised to bring. There's many different places in the Bible where we read about some of the promises that that God makes or that, that he intends to bring and uh, God and then Jesus and <clears throat> one of the promises or one of the little sections that I, I find especially kind of captivating is, is Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 to 3 and, uh, and it's, it's kind of written in Old Testament format but it gives us this picture of what, of what Jesus wants to bring and so let me read those verses for you Isaiah 61 1 to 3 Uh, Come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And when I read that, I can't help but say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Make that happen. We want to see it. We want to experience it. We want to live it. I want to ask a question. Could it be that Jesus is coming uh, right now? That he is coming in the form of, of the church? The New Testament is pretty clear about the fact that we are his body. The, the, the church, the way he intended the church to be, and, and I'm not for a minute trying to tell you that the church is, is as at the moment, the way you see it, is all that God intended it to be. Not, not, not for a minute do I try and profess that or, or claim that. Uh, I believe we've got a lot of work to do. But could it be that his intent is that for this time, for right now, he wants to come in the form of, of the church? He wants to reconcile, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he speaks about, he wants to reconcile the world to himself through us, through the church. Yes, we come together to worship and sing and share and relax and rest and, and have fun, but, but could it be that for now God's intention is that, that Jesus would come and that Jesus would make a difference here and now, but that he would do that through through the church, 
his body. Is God asking us to help bring about Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 to 3? Is it God's desire that everything we do as a body, as his body, his church, that it should revolve around helping to bring to reality what it says here in Isaiah chapter 61? Today we want to formally recognize that we have added people to our deacon team. Some prefer to use the words our caregiving team. Now if you take a look at Acts chapter 6 verses 1 to 7, you get a picture of kind of the first deacon election or or deacon appointment. And because of how they were doing church back then, uh, mostly actually because of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit who was at, in a, in a movement, uh, gaining or, or, or drawing people to himself. The church was growing like crazy. It was, it was kind of exploding, but that doesn't happen without some additional or some big time challenges. And so they decided here in Acts chapter 6, they decided that they needed to bring on extra people who would work with the caregiving ministry of the church, who would help to make sure that people's needs were met and who would help to make sure that, that they were met in an appropriate way and that the help wouldn't all go to some and nothing go to others, that there would be kind of a, a, a nice flow to how people's needs would be taken care of. And so they decided that they were going to appoint, in, in the terminology here in Acts chapter 6, they were going to appoint seven uh, deacons. And these deacons were going to look after or give leadership to this, this caregiving ministry in the church. It says here that these leaders should be, according to verse 3, they should be known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. They should be people who already have a bit of a, a bit of a reputation of being a certain kind of people. It's very interesting if you look at the names or the, the, the people who were chosen. I don't have time to go into all the details of, of what exactly this means, but, but the people who were chosen, six of the seven were what they called Hellenistic Jews. Now, basically all that means is that these were people who were of Jewish descent, but they were not the the diehard, perpetuate the Jewish lineage and heritage kind of people. These were people that had adopted the language and many of the customs of the Greek, or of the Greeks. It's kind of interesting. And then the seventh one was actually a Gentile by birth. What does this tell me? It tells me that these were people that were chosen because they had a bigger vision than themselves. They were looking beyond just their own little body or their own little kingdom. They saw the world around them. They were not afraid to interact and connect with all the different people around them. They were not limited just to themselves. Sometimes we may think that the deacon ministry is all about finding people that are going to take care of us, that are going to come and visit us. When I have a need, then I want them to come and visit. Well, that is a little part of it, but actually, according to what it says here in Acts chapter 6, a huge part of this caregiving ministry is to find people who have a vision beyond us, beyond our four walls, beyond what we would call our little group, that are focused beyond that. I remember being at the Pleasant Valley Church's 50th anniversary. That's several years ago by now. But the one thing that impressed me over and over as people were sharing who had been here long before we ever came is, is the vision toward outreach. The vision towards looking beyond 
Looking at other people. Appreciating other people. Drawing other people. Inviting other people. Encouraging and blessing other people. Being outward focused. I, this church has an incredible heritage of being outward focused and seeing beyond ourselves. And, and I believe that as a church, we have chosen another couple for the role of deacon or caregiving ministry in our church that will help us to be that kind of church, that will help us to continue to be a church that looks beyond ourselves, to help us continue to be the kind of church that will help us be more like Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 3, to the people here, but also very much to the community around us. I want to 